Okay, let me see. Okay, good evening, everyone. It is manifesting with Meg today on this February evening, and we have a wonderful treat for you guys tonight. We have an extraordinary couple on this wonderful month for the wonderful month of love. Stephanie and Todd Schnick are here with us and will be um, enlightening all of us about the theme around the theme, couples who play together, stay together. Welcome to this wonderful evening of manifesting, Todd and Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Great to be with you, Meg. Good to see you. Good to see you too. And, and I'm coming from Miami, coming live from Miami, and they're coming live from Chicago. So I do like that technology does bring these two wonderful worlds together so that we can certainly share some inspiration with all of you tonight, um, especially coming on the heels of Valentine's Day, for those of you who do celebrate, and also, you know, trying uh, to elevate and enlighten people through um, spreading more love, which certainly is what they're all about with their foundations and their life's mission and purpose. Um, before we go any further, I want to um, give you a uh, actually ask the two of you to set your intentions and also pick a number. So at the end of the interview, we will be talking about what that is and certainly reading your your intentions as it complies with um, the magical guide to bliss. Um, but before we go any further, I want to introduce the both of you to the world because I think that your bios are extraordinary in and of itself. Before you even open your mouth, it will precede you. So they'll all get ready and get excited about this. So Stephanie is the president and CEO of the Todd and Stephanie Schnick Foundation. It's a nonprofit, a 501c3 charitable organization. She earned her Bachelor of Science degree in economics from the Florida State University. So all of you out there who are Knowles will be appreciative of that. Following her corporate career in talent acquisition, she enjoyed doing some consulting work with um, before joining forces with her husband to launch this family foundation, which I will get into certainly in the interview itself. I'm, I'm really excited about because um, I'm a big dog lover and also anything for a good cause is certainly up my alley. And then there's Todd. Todd is the co-founder and vice president um, of the foundation and also the founder of the Intrepid Group, LLC, a media shop that produces both audio series and podcasts and broadcasts live from trade shows. And I am lucky enough to have had the opportunity to be um, on Intrepid um, with uh, the, the first interview of my book, The Magical Guide to, to Bliss, which I am forever grateful for. It was a wonderful interview. Wonder he made it very easy. Um, and that was very uh, a very nervous opportunity for me, but at the same time, I'm super grateful. Um, he's written several books himself, is a retired national political operative, former lobbyist, retired marketing strategist, studying in England in Oxford at Oxford, and graduated from the Florida State University as well. Both Knowles. That's very nice to have a house that's not divided. In their spare time, in addition to travel, they love exploring all that Chicago has to offer, including food, libations, parks, museums, and architecture. Um, Chicago is an amazing place, and I can't wait to learn more what you guys have to tell us with you know the time that you've been there. So now, both Todd and Stephanie are you know creating the centerpiece of what would be their joint work for the balance of their lives, which is so exciting that they're doing this together. They've come together, and that became their foundation. Wanting to jolt people out of their complacency, which is awesome, and inspire them to serve people and animals in need, the foundation focuses on literacy, 
animal rescue and family caregivers. So let's let's start the month of love off right. Um, before I go further, once again, thank you for joining us. If you want to give a brief intro for you guys, in addition to what I've just said, I would love it. Gosh, well, I don't know where to begin. Now, you said everything that needs to be said. Uh, that was about, what, 11 years ago that we actually met. Uh, neither of us were... We were at a very different place in our life then. Uh, it's amazing what happened uh, in those 11 years. We've been married almost eight. Uh, found each other. Not even, we weren't, weren't even trying. Uh, I'll let her tell a story later about how we met. I we had met on Twitter, if you can believe that. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. But uh, uh, I guess it's fair to say that uh, my family would say I did everything opposite that a couple is supposed to do in the right or wrong order, uh, <laughs> and we had a, a, a tricky courtship uh, through a lot of struggles. I was going through and ending a, 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 my first marriage. I uh, was at a tricky place in my career, tough transition time for me, uh, but we found each other and ended up uh, getting married and again had struggles and, and tribulations and problems, and but We've battled through it, and today we have joined forces on this foundation, and it's changing our life, and what our hope is is that it ends up changing many, many other lives. Wow. I, I love the fact that you guys met on Twitter. I would love to hear the story, Stephanie. I don't know. What is that all, what is that all about? There you go. That's a place I never would have thought. Well, <clears throat> Twitter was very new in 2009, and so there weren't a lot of people on it. Um, so we were both during that time, I had my own business. He had his own business. I was actually had a, I was in talent acquisition, but I had started my own consulting firm. And basically I just consulted myself out to at that time, big four professional services firms, which is where I spent a good part of my career. And um, so both really on Twitter more to network and, and have fun, but also to market our businesses and connect. And somehow it was actually because we had both graduated from FSU. And also I think because we were in Atlanta and had some mutual friends on Twitter that we accidentally, I think, kind of started chatting. I think it was the FSU connection. It, it uh, started it. Yeah. We were there at the same time, but we did not know each other on campus. And so it was, uh, it was on Twitter. I think she was sharing something about FSU that I saw and kind of connected with. And at the time I was uh, marketing my business and I had a restaurant client and uh, at, at that stage, this is 2009 now, tweet ups were the rage. So networking events that you would organize through Twitter. Oh, wow. And so I was uh, inviting people to the restaurant just to bring pe people and customers into this uh, restaurant on my client. And wow. I was interested in her. And so I kept inviting her to these events and she kept uh, not accepting my uh, invitation. <laughs> she finally did. and. And uh, frankly, uh, there was a spark that night. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And because it wasn't that much longer that we started to- uh, We became uh, friends first. We became friends first, uh, uh, worked on some uh, projects together. And well, I'll be honest, you made up a project. I made up a project so that I could spend time with her. Yes, I did. Wow, that's very creative. I have to the, say, uh, kudos. The strategy worked, uh, obviously. And um, 
it wasn't long after starting to date that we knew that we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. So. Amazing. Amazing. I, I love the fact that you got creative around enticing her to go out with you and, and didn't give up. That's the power of perseverance at its finest. Certainly when you like someone and you, you know, you find those qualities that, that are most aligned to you. You don't want to let that person go, certainly. And then, and she looked like uh, that was a point in time in your life where she brought you some amazing joy. So I imagine that's something you want to grab onto. And we were actually, we were actually speaking to that. I said to you earlier, like when um, we were offline, one of the quotes I got today is the basis of life is freedom. The purpose of life is joy and the result of life is growth. So you start with, freedom to seek and discover and then with the purpose of finding more joy in your life and the result of life is growth which is all what we you know come from a foundation of love you can't go wrong so i i say eight years later the two of you sitting here together um with this wonderful foundation and i supported um your campaign around being your your wonder dog, so to speak. I don't know if you have a you know a, um, a you know a term of art for for that particular uh, miracle that he is, but I I definitely wanted to touch base on that because it's a part of your foundation that really got me interested in talking to you more and wanting to know more of it. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your foundation and and update us on this little wonder dog that you have and. And, and uh, well, yeah, as far as the foundation goes, as you've already said, I mean, it's a it's a 501c3 charitable organization. It is a family foundation that we run together. Um, and uh, this is our life's work going forward. Um, as far as Beam goes, he and this story may be a little difficult to hear, at least for his initial um, uh plight, I guess you would say. Beam actually is, is a puppy from India. And India is one of those countries where dogs are most of the time, or at least much of the time, feral. And so kind of running around on their own. Beam actually was in an accident with a train and lost both of his front paws. Wow. And through the power of two different organizations, one is an international organization that focuses on the most difficult cases. Um, Beam certainly qualifies. They brought him here to Huntley, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. And he's now at a wonderful um, rescue organization called Animal Health Shelter. Wow. And they're taking really, really good care of him. He's now had two surgeries, um, both of which have been successful, each of which have, requ has, have required a good amount of healing time in between. And right now he's healing from the second major surgery doing extremely well. We actually just got two videos of him over the weekend that were extremely encouraging. Um, so we've, we've raised almost enough money now to cover both surgeries. And then the next step or steps for him will be to see if he'll take to a prosthetic and be a three-legged dog. Based let, me you, let me ask you a quick question about that because I find it fascinating that, um, you know, how does your foundation come into contact with with Beam and this other organization that brought him over from India? I'm just curious. Yeah, great question. So uh, as, as both of you have said, uh, we, there's three pillars to our foundation. There's literacy, there's uh, family caregivers, uh, and then uh, animal rescue, which is near and dear to our hearts. Uh, Stephanie's rescued several animals over her life. Uh, uh, we both rescued one together. I know uh, dogs and animals are important to your family as well. Yeah. Uh, 
Through our efforts, we have connected with dozens of shelters and no-kill shelters and other organizations. And, and I have to tell you, there are literally tens of thousands of these organizations around the world. Uh, one night on our Facebook page, I was just saying, hey, we're trying to build awareness of other groups doing good works. Um, and someone in our, in our following recommended this place and got to know them. Uh, and we're impressed by what they were doing. And so we made a very small grant, just a general grant, just to kind of provide them some support. And so once we got our foundation really off the ground and running and the infrastructure in place to actually start doing things like fundraising, uh, we had a half dozen amazing organizations to reach out and, and talk to. And we just luck of the draw, we picked uh, this place in Huntley, Illinois. And I said to them, all right, we're ready to sponsor a dog. We want to help a dog. Uh, who's going through some trauma. She goes, oh, do I have a story for you? And so that's how we met Beam. Beam is a B-H-E-E-M. It's, uh, it's actually Hindi and it means mighty. Mighty. So we call him Mighty Beam. So uh, and he's, a, uh, he's an amazing dog. Uh, what, what's so intriguing about him is that this, hap this horrific injury happened to him as a puppy. Eight weeks old. Eight weeks old. And you know what? Because of that youth and vigor, he doesn't know that he's disabled. When you watch video of him, you you can tell he's in pain, but but he's acting like a puppy but and running, playful, playful, playful loving, sweet. And he's an amazing animal. And so uh, the the everyone has fallen in love with him, including us. And uh, if we didn't live in a high rise, we probably would have snarfed him ourselves. But uh, you actually got to meet Beam. We have not actually gotten to meet Beam. We are planning to do so, uh, but the, the shelter and the foster family currently holding or sharing countless videos with them. Oh. A lot of the videos are hard to watch. Uh, this surgery, uh, uh, how would you describe it? I guess he's lost, he, they've removed one forelimb and he has yeah, he's, a he's third to, of another. Yeah, he's up to the shoulder on one limb. Um, the other limb, which is where we have hope for a prosthetic, has, okay has more bone that we could hopefully fit. He's, I mean, he is currently kind of a three-legged dog based we, the second video we saw this weekend, even though he doesn't have a paw on that one limb, he's still managing to kind of get around as a three-legged dog. So assuming they can truly fit him for the right prosthetic, I have a life. lot of hope. We have a lot life. of hope. Yeah. And if that, if that, if the prosthetic doesn't work out, then they'll fit him for one of those little, little those little carts that you've seen other dogs do. So he, uh, you have to get you on the dodo. You know that 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 um that video where you know when you do meet him for the first time, we'll have to get you as like that'll like spread like wildfire, and Beam will get tons of attention. I love those stories, and yeah. and certainly this is something that would meet those like it you got. Was, it was, shall we say, perhaps a very ambitious project for us to kind of launch the foundation with. Uh, uh, maybe uh, we probably should have done something a little simpler, but it has been so rewarding working for Beam and everything's going very, very well and everyone loves him. Uh, and we're really proud to have been a part of it and excited to help this little guy. And and um, uh, he's got a cool journey ahead and he's got a full life ahead of him. And he, so we're excited to be a big part of that. And we're grateful for those that have supported us and we're very grateful to you, Meg. Thank you for your kind, uh, generous donation to help and mighty beam. But um, we're excited. Uh, we have a ways to go on the campaign, but um, we're we're excited that we're gonna change his life, so. So that's your first project as the uh, as a part of the foundation, this one. We have two projects that are ongoing right now. Uh, as I said, uh, we, uh, 
we focus on family <coughs> caregivers, literacy, and animal rescue. Now, the the uh, literacy is all is all you. Uh, you you grew up with a school teacher as a mother, and yeah. literacy has always been a big part of your life. So we naturally adopted that. And, and uh, I was someone referred me to the AARP. We're all familiar with the with the the, the, the foundation. Uh, well, no, the AARP. And then then I learned about the AARP Foundation, which has very extensive caregiving programs. Yeah. Anyway, through that process, uh, got to know them and some of the things they were going to try to do to help us with some of our caregiving things. But then someone said to me, well, you realize we have this program that takes lonely, isolated seniors and pairs them with low-income uh, low students, elementary grade students who, who can't read. And they, these, these seniors sort of become like a loving tutor and mentor and, and life coach for these young kids that don't, maybe don't have a stable family life at home, low income. And it's an amazing program. We're sponsoring a school on the west side of Chicago. We're helping 40 kids. Oh, wow. So we have to raise, uh, I think what's our number, I think 13. 13 grand is what we're trying to raise to sponsor the school for the year. And so the beauty of that program is it almost kills two birds with one stone because we get to help seniors who are desperately in need of getting out of the house and doing something meaningful in their community. And they're paired with these, uh, these low income st students who desperately need uh, a, tutoring, a, a tutoring and mentoring. And, and let's just be honest. Uh, yes, absolutely. Because if they have a parent at home, uh, chances are these parents are working two jobs to put food in the table. They're not able to spend the quality of time with their child teaching him or her how to read. And so they can pair them with these seniors. And it's game changing for these kids, you know. So we're just helping one one school in the West Side of Chicago, uh, but there's 35 schools in this town that that are engaged in this program, and there's programs all over the United States. So it's an amazing program. I think ultimately this will become uh, an annual campaign that I manage. It will always sponsor a school in, in Chicagoland and help these kids. It's a it's a great program. So that's our other campaign. That's amazing. You know, I, it was you know it's funny when you were talking about that. You know, it came to mind the movie. Uh, up from Disney, you know, when the 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 grandfather, you know, lost his wife and that young boy, the Boy Scout kind of adopts them. You guys are kind of like putting them together like this, you know, and the, the main fact is what you said, hitting on that point is that, you know, isolation is the death knell. It's like a slow agonizing death. I mean, when you're not surrounded by at least some affection and love and, and, and connection, like you're saying. So what you guys are part of with this literacy project is life changing for so many people beyond your wild imagination. I can imagine that, well, you shared that, that you shared that quote earlier about the, about seeking and finding joy. Yes. And with, my mother has Alzheimer's and so we're her caregivers and, and our, our whole mission now is to find moments of joy for her. But with this program with the AARP Foundation, and I mean, we're giving joy to these seniors. I mean, everyone gets excited that we're helping these low income students because uh, we're changing 40 lives. I mean, that's, that has a huge impact. Uh, but you can't forget, I mean, you can't forget what the AARP is all about. I mean, they're about serving seniors, obviously. And so uh, it's this severe, 20% of our seniors across the United States are what they would say are in extreme isolation. So that's a big problem. So this is a, this is a great program to help combat that and serve uh, our students who need help. You know, it's funny because I'm glad you're putting a really positive spin on AARP because I've been getting mail from them after I turned 50 and it's really shocking to me. It's 
just like, please don't send me anything. But certainly, I'm <laughs> a little like for me, it's just like, um, not quite ready for that yet. But the bottom line is when you're telling me something that's so amazing that they're doing for 20%, like, like that's a huge number, like 20% of the seniors that don't have contact or communication. It's like, you can't just imagine you're dying on the vine because your life is, is done and lived by the time you turn what? I mean, you have to have purpose and meaning and growth for your own life in the future. And this is a great opportunity that you're giving these people to interact and relate with people who, like children who probably need most attention. And like you're saying, don't have adult figures around because they're so busy making a living and supporting yeah. those basic needs, which I think is is so amazing when you think about it. And I and I commend that and that you're involved with that. I think that this foundation is definitely, you know, on both uh, you know, both projects you're talking about right now is is amazing. So so curiosity in hand, I know that I um I like to learn about things that intrigue me. And I certainly, like I told you at the outset, tomorrow is my 20th anniversary with my husband. So I told him tonight, I'm meeting with this great couple. <laughs> I'm gonna get some tips. Uh -huh. So I have to like, pull some tips out because listen, I mean, eight years married, 20 years married, we all know that there's ups and downs, hills and valleys, you know, you go through in life and, and to, you know, make it through, I think, you know, the whole idea like you're trying to do with the, the older adults and the children, you know, we help each other literally. And I think that, you know, the gift of, you know, this kind of conversation um, is that, you know, we get to figure out, you know, things that work for some that may help others, like the couples that play together, stay together. And I wanted to, to ask the two of you, because I mean, one of the things that fascinated me the most is, you know, seeing how affectionate you are for each other, which is something that is outside the norm. <laughs> Normally, like when you hear things, oh, these horrible divorces, everyone hates each other, everyone yells at each other, like the whole thing. But, you know, the focus on, you know, what you were saying at the outset, you know, this life of relationship that the two of you have started, had started all those years ago in the, the Twitter universe that has brought you to Chicago in this magnificent land, the magnificent mile, certainly. Um, why don't you share with us and whoever is listening, you know, um, how that speaks to you? How do you, you play together so you can stay together? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, yes, I, we wholeheartedly endorse that idea and, and we certainly see our life that way. I mean, we've, we've talked about a couple of tenants of this already. We just talked about seniors that are isolated, right? So yeah. One of the things you got to do is not be isolated. We're social animals yeah. by design. And when when you're not engaged in social activity, whether you're a young person or a senior, that's we're, we're, that's hard on you. That that takes away from from life. And and this idea of joy. I mean, you're I want to harp on joy. You've talked about it a lot tonight. But the fact remains, I still think there's too many people out there that think they're not supposed to live life of joy. It's supposed to be serious and work hard and 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 they're they're afraid yeah. to sit there and admit that they're getting joy out of their life. What, what is the point of living if you're not going to seek joy, right? So uh, for us, this foundation certainly kind of solves all that. One, it provides joy for us to help others and solve difficult problems. I mean, as we launch this foundation, I'm going to be fully honest. We don't know what the heck we're doing. We're kind of having fun learning as we go and trying things and experimenting. Some stuff hasn't worked. Some stuff has been a lot trickier to get this thing off the ground than we ever thought it would be. And it's been frustrating, but it's also been fun to kind of do it together and just 
go through the process. Uh, and there's certainly joy in helping others and, and, you know, working for Little Mighty Beam is such a rewarding thing and that brings joy to our life too. Um, you know, uh, with this idea of, of, of play together, uh, live together, be happy together. I mean, I, there's no other way to do it. Well, and I have a slightly different angle. I mean, since we've been together um, from the time we started dating till we lived, moved in together and then got engaged and got married, we've, we're practically joined at the hip and we have been for the last 10 plus years. And we've always just, since we met, we've just kind of been that way. And, um, and in fact, three years into our marriage, we made the decision. We always kind of knew that we want, we both wanted to move north. We thought it would be maybe much later in life, 10 to 15 years later, probably. Then we, then, or, well, actually going on 20 now, if you think about it, because we've mm -hmm. been here four years. But we ultimately, we were at a, a place in our, we had been to Chicago several times. Um, we were also living in Atlanta in a, we had moved into a, we said, this is gonna be the year of fun. We had done the big house thing. And we're like, we just need simple life. We moved into this fantastic loft in a live work play type of environment. And um, I was going into the office two days a week, then one day, then half a day. He was, you know, going into the studio a day or two a week. So we were both working at home a whole lot and um, really started to enjoy that lifestyle of kind of the walkability and just kind of, you know, being to get out and about and but keep it simple, too. And so when we started coming up to Chicago for a multitude of different reasons, finally, one day I we were sitting under the stars on the most perfect night, having this amazing experience. And um I looked at him and I realized I was with a, a national uh, big four professional services firm at the time. And I looked at him and I said, we could live here knowing that my firm had a huge office here yeah. and that I could move myself into a national role versus an Atlanta based role. And he can work from anywhere as long as he's willing to travel. And he, the light bulbs went off. Well, that's awesome. And we were here in less than six months. Wow. I and, love that. Reason, awesome. and, and, and my argument at that point was, we know we love the city. We know we love the walkability. We want to give up our cars. We're ready. And I said, but let's do it while we're young and healthy enough to enjoy it. Let's do it now. Wow. That's awesome. So, so the lifestyle, so from Atlanta to Chicago, I mean, and, and the fact that you both had the light bulb at the same time. Yeah. We, Atlanta will always be important to us, and I still have a lot of business there, so I get to I get to uh, still play in that sandbox a bit. Um, but Atlanta is a different lifestyle than, say, living in the city of Chicago. Uh, Stephanie always joked that if Atlantans, sorry, all our former, probably now former friends, <laughs> Stephanie always says if Atlantans could drive from their bedroom to the kitchen, they would figure out a way to do it. Uh, <laughs> it it's a very spread out community. Not much public transportation, so it's a different. It's a life in a car, right? Yeah. And it's not the kind of life we wanted to live anymore. And so we live in downtown Chicago, and we sold our cars moving up here. So it is an entirely different life. Uh, this is a giant playground for us. Uh, I mean, we, uh, as you mentioned in the in the, going through our our bios, uh, we partake. We're foodies, so we enjoy the dining scene here. We are big sports fans of Chicago teams now, so we do a lot of that. She's a huge Cubs fan. Uh, yeah. We uh, we 
I mean, the museums here, yeah. the architecture here. We're going to the Shed Aquarium again on Monday, so uh, oh, wow. which is but her we, favorite place. We've become members of the Chicago Architecture uh, Center and a number of museums, and that's become a really big part of our life, the culture of the city. Yeah. Wow. I never, so never appreciated that you could be happy at a, at where you live. I mean, you always assume that, well, I live here, so probably where my family is or it's where my job is. Yeah. But there's yeah, something we, to be in a place that's, you know. That you chose, that you intentionally, to use your word, intentionally chose and made yeah. it happen. And we we did that together and we did it all on our own. And we did it with the backing of family, with the, we had a lot of friends in Atlanta that thought we were absolutely insane <laughs> when we said that we were moving to Chicago in February. And we really <laughs> It's the third largest city in the United States. Like people do, millions of people millions survive, survive there. Millions survive every winter. They have winter. heat, they have coats, they have boots. <laughs> We're going to make oh, it. <laughs> well, you know, the interesting thing is that I've, I followed the both of you on Facebook and the idea of that view that you guys have out of your apartment is just, it's of movies, literally. It, it absolutely is. is. We are. They're living a a screenplay out of a movie placed in this couple, this, you know, couple who are playing together in Chicago, which is always exciting to tell that kind of story. What story you want me to say? What you always loved about certain movies. Oh, yeah. No, it's so funny because I, I would, uh, there was all these movies that I would watch growing up that I were always my favorites. And I actually would not have been able to answer why they were my favorites, but I recognized that they were all, I was envious of the characters in the film were living a, a city life and wow. they had a high rise or they had a loft in downtown and they were, you know, I always like, I'm embarrassed to admit, sorry, fellas, but I always liked sex in the city because I always loved the, my favorite character in that was New York city. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I just love seeing people live in the city. And so now we're here. I mean, I, I, um, uh, my dream as a child was to have this, you know, a city uh, view out my window. You know, here I, I'm doing it. You know, so uh, we uh, we're very fortunate to have landed here and 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 to live in, a, in a, an apartment like this, and and uh, very very grateful. And and it certainly feeds uh, all the all the points of discussion. It brings us joy. It's uh, it's it's easy to be inspired to work together when you're in an environment where you're just you just feel good and are, and are energized and inspired all the time. You know, I, I do, you know, I, I also love the city and I live in Miami and I live in downtown Miami. So the whole idea of living, I live in a condo as well. I like that. I have always liked the dorm life when I was in college, I would never not want to be able to walk down the, the hall and knock on one of my friends door. That's kind of like, and then also, you know, being able to walk, I mean, in Miami, it's a little too hot. You guys may be a little too cold, but, but the bottom line is there is this, it's, a, it's, it's the city is a character. And that's what you said. New York City was in, Chicago is a character in your life story that you're actually writing now with your foundation, with your relationship, with everything. So I find this amazing and exciting at the same time. And certainly, like I said, Magnificent Mile is amazing. And I love going there every single time. I don't care how cold it is. It's certainly is amazing oh my god let me tell you there's great fashion to be had for the yes. winter underwear let me tell oh, you yeah. I, 
My winter wardrobe is so much better than the spring and summer one. Mine too. Oh, it's my favorite. Right? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's so trendy. It's like, it, it's, it's great. It's great. Um, you know, today's insight, the, it's interesting because last week we were supposed to do the interview, but we're doing it today. And, and today's um, insight is labeled people remember how you made them feel, which is so amazing that a lot, it lines really more with with what we're talking about right now and your intent behind the whole um, just uh, the foundation is that you're interacting with people. And I love the fact that you were mentioning before how a lot of what you're working on in animal is essential are essentially the cure to isolation. I mean, who, who knows you better than your, your dog or your cat or, I mean, I talk to my dogs and I'm so grateful they don't share what I tell them, <laughs> let me tell you. But, um, that, you know, the whole idea about uh, freeing people from isolation and the key to this is think about how you're going to make people feel today. And I can imagine that's pretty much the gist of what you're doing is, is the interaction and how you make people feel by by making an impact. And that's what you had said initially with regard to, you know, your whole focus on, you know, the whole you know, shaking people out of complacency and and then inspire them to serve people. And and service is where essentially you start to come alive again when you serve others. And I wanted to ask the two of you, you know, um, how has this whole process moving to Chicago together in less than six months, which is fantastic and of itself could take me a lifetime to plan anything like that, a huge move like that. Um, but, you know, how has that act of service made you stronger together as a, as a couple? Well, I, th I think any major life change brings, hopefully brings you together and makes you stronger as a couple. And I actually have a good friend in Atlanta um, who is a marriage and family therapist. And I remember discussing this with her over lunch one day and she, and she made that point and she said, I think what you guys are doing is so incredible for this very reason. And I think it will only make you stronger together because together you will have entirely new experiences. You're building a new life together um, that that you're both super excited about, you know, and I think that's really true. I, I think that it's not that we weren't strong together before, but I definitely think it has, has uh, brought us together even more. But, you know, you could always fall into complacency, right? And so you, you get comfortable in an environment, you get comfortable in a job, you know, it, it, the feeling you had when on your first day of school, right? There was always a nerve wracking day and you weren't sure where your room was. You didn't know what your classmates were going to be. But on day two, it was a whole different feeling, right? Because there was yeah. familiarity with it. So, so what I think is really beneficial. I mean, so moving here obviously was that big shakeup and a big change for us. Uh, and we, we've settled nicely into a nice routine here, but what's been great about the foundation and launching that is that's been the next big thing that's, Kind of shaken us up and and kind of forced a big change. It's a whole different way of of conducting our lives is managing this thing. As I said earlier, we still don't know what the heck we're really doing with it, and we're just, we're learning as we go. We're trying and experimenting, which is part of the fun. Um, but it's a whole different experience. And now we got a dog that's relying on us. We got forty kids that are counting on me to uh, to raise resources uh, to keep their tutoring going. And so there's some responsibilities now, and and we revel in that challenge. Don't get me wrong, but uh, the, the, look, um, I'm a 
unlike you two, I am a new member of the AARP, and so that tells you what you need to know. I, <laughs> I, I most of my life, I wasn't aware of service and and giving back and and uh, uh, communicating with your community and being involved in it and engaged with it. I, I never. I never really understood that. I guess you could say that's just someone that's just an ignorant youth, right? Just not knowing any better. And, and maybe that does come with age and experience. Uh, but this, this, I mean, heck, I've known you 34 years now, you know, so, uh, I think you can, I think you could say, uh, Todd, the service wasn't your thing when I knew you in high school, you know? And so, uh, uh, I definitely changed and, and, uh, the, the joy we get and, and, Here's the thing that's interesting about the foundation is is the future joy. I mean, we still there's still so much more we can do with this, and and when this thing gets when we figure out what the heck we are doing with the thing, and we learn how to really maximize resources to benefit others, uh, the just the the looking ahead and the excitement of what we can do, and our, you know, here's our here's our goal is if Todd and Stephanie can do this, everybody can do it, and, and we want to serve as a as a beacon. And, and get other people to say, oh, wait a minute, I'm not going to let them get all the credit for doing all this good stuff. I want to be at Meg show, too. So maybe I'm going to want the foundation and I'm going to do other things. You know? So if we can do some of that, well, that's a, that's, that's a great thing. It makes us feel really, really good. And, and that's a big part of what we're trying to do. One last thing. One of the other goals of the foundation, I mean, do you know how many tens of thousands of family foundations already exist? I, doing I'm amazing work, serving others that no one knows about. And so one of our goals, too, is also to, and we're still figuring out how the heck to do that, is to shine a light on all these other organizations that already exist doing amazing things. Yeah. And partnering with them on that and yeah. raising, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats, you know? So, so. One important thing, point I want to bring up, because Todd has said numerous times that we don't know what the heck we're doing. I would like to impart a little confidence that... <laughs> So we are still learning. We have uh, been wise enough to build a, a an incredible team of legal, tax, financial advisors, a board of directors. So while we are still learning on a number of levels, we are surrounded by pros. Yes. Oh, well, and yes, we are five hundred one c three. So right. we yeah. we are. So the IRS we, has stamped off, and believe me, that's not. Yeah. That's not that's an easy not an process. Easy process. Uh, yes, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> See, this is the couple that plays together, stays together. Not one person, but two. They're added, you know, the added strengths and talents. You come together, and you, you know, the balance begins. But I, I, I think that's a very, very notable point that when people do, in fact, donate money to your your foundation, it's a solid donation. Certainly, the monies are not going to be dwindled away. You have a foundation that's actually, you know, on solid ground. Which I wanted to point out because from your past, like, listen, you start this foundation now in your life, but you have years before that of this foundationals that are built by your business being in the world that you are in like you're in the talent acquisition world stephanie you are you know you work in trade shows you wrote books you meet with really intelligent other people that you interview on a daily you know so it's like you come to the table already with this incredible salad foundation i like the word that you use that you're building now you're building this dream project which i'm all about dreams i like people who don't dream without 
action. And then I think that that is the most amazing thing when you put this idea, like you're moving to Chicago, you're like, wow, this is the greatest thing in the world. And then six months later, look where you are, right? I mean, those kind of people get me excited. Those what I call are extraordinary people because they're not just sitting there pondering over and over and over again. Would we, could we, should we? You go like, let's do it. And you guys have the guts to do that. And certainly I think that, you know, having gone through ups and downs, you know, certainly you mentioned your mother um, with Alzheimer's, that's a challenge to any relationship or having lost my mother and knowing what kind of uh, impact that has on, on a relationship. I know that it's not easy, but at the same time, you know, when you find that, you know, okay, after the dust settles from the initial shock and you're like, we're here, we're still together. Let's see how we can move forward. And then you actually do, which is the, the beacon that you're speaking of, of light for others to follow. And that is why, that, that's really another reason why I had you guys on tonight, because you don't cut and run. You know, when hard times happen, you don't cut and run. And a lot of people, you know, they do. And for whatever reasons they have, you know, maybe that they think that, you know, life is a little bit, should be a little easier. but coming from the point that perspective that you had spoken to, you know, it can be fun too, you know, it's not like you're losing sight of that, but um, you build your foundation on the solid ground of love. And then you have this service project, which, you know, in high school, it's interesting because um, Todd, we knew each other, but we didn't really know each other. And I've right. gotten to more watching your exceptional work and certainly um, of your wife's too, of Stephanie's too. Now that I, you know, you know, that's the beauty of Facebook people, diss it all the time, but I think there's a wonderful thing. So I want to go back to the point that, you know, love is such an important beginning and end and looking at the two of you, like I said, when I saw your wedding, like, I love your wedding pictures. They're like the most fun wedding, the colors and the reds and the white, I was like, wow. I was like, I mean, like literally your style is, you know, on point for me at least. I enjoyed it. Thank you. That was, you know, and honestly, I think that, you know, some people say there was bright, but I really find, uh, you know, that was your love story, the be not the beginning, but, you know, an actual celebrated moment. But um, let me ask you now that I, you, I know that you guys, you go out of your comfort zone to dream bigger um, and see life with an open mind. Um, how, when you were becoming best friends, literally, did were you able to engage from that point of being open to the the dreams of each other? All right, I know we're not supposed to have silence, but this one caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say at the top of the show when you, that we were? Uh, how did you phrase well, that? Well, so when when we somehow coincided on Twitter and kind of Todd kept inviting me and I kept not going, um, <laughs> something clearly brought us together. And, you know, I, as he's already said, he was kind of in a, he was in a totally different place than I was from a relationship perspective. He was unwinding uh, an unhappy marriage and I, I was single. I had never been married. I had, I was at the point I was all into my, you know, my company that I had launched, all into promoting it. I had my own house, I had my dog, my rescue dog. I was perfectly happy. And I had done the whole dating scene on and off for a while. And there was a time when I was, you know, maybe in my 20s or even early 30s that I wanted, thought I wanted to get married. 
But then by the time I was in my mid thirties, I had launched my business. I was in a really, really good place. I was like, no way. I'm <laughs> some guy come in and mess this up. And at the time I hated dating. So I was like, the only reason to date is to get married and I don't want to get married. So I'm not going to date. Oh, that's so funny. I love so, it. Several years later, this guy comes along and here we are. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, there must've been a little scene in the back of your mind that, you know, never, no, there wasn't. No. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot. And in fact, the night that we, the night that I did go to finally go to one of his events, Todd loves this story. Um, she wasn't going for me. I was blogging about how I was so excited to see two of my friends there. And I did not mention him. It was not me. I was not on the list. And, but then when I showed up and I, we like locked eyes literally across the room. It's one of those kinds of stories. No, I love those stories. You had that moment. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is an awesome story. So it was literally, you know, there was a connection there. Yeah. So we talked about this earlier. I kind of invented a fake project to, to uh, spend more time with her. And so uh, this was 2009. So the hot product on the marketplace was this little flip camera. Remember those oh, things? God, yeah. So we each had one oh, and I started this, we started this video series where we would stand across from each other, each holding our camera, filming the other, and we would debate, uh, Mark, it was business. We were business related. I, we yeah. had to make it business related to, uh, <laughs> to, uh kind of give it some credibility. So it's uh, usually like a marketing related sort of topic. But we would pick a we would pick a marketing or business topic and we would take a different side. And it was called he said, she said. Okay. And uh, but it was merely uh an attempt uh for me to spend more time with her and and uh I think we probably did about twenty five episodes. Oh, that's awesome. Like that. So did you promote them and put them out until we had our own website. Oh we had our website, yeah. Oh wow. I like he said she said that's a great that's a great that's a great pitch. That's but a once uh, once she once she fell for me, then we kind of shelved the <laughs> it project. It didn't last up. <laughs> there was no longer a need. <laughs> the foundation stays, but the, the he says right. going by the wayside. That's awesome. Oh my god, I love that. And you know, I I think that you know I I, I love stories like that because you know I I, I like to think that I I was laughing because like. I really got sappy today and I ended up in my closet for like hours looking at videos of my, you know, like the time around or my wedding, you know, cause I was like 20 years yeah. of like a market moment. I wanted to see whether I was sane back then when I said yes. And I do. <laughs> one of my, one of my favorite stories about this little goofy video series of ours is that when I formally told mom and dad that I was in love with Stephanie, they were pleased to hear that. They proceeded to go into the kitchen, open up their computer, and watch every minute of every one of those videos. Just to kind of you get to know her a little bit and see her. So I thought that was always a, a cute little special story. Oh my God, your parents are like into research. I wonder where you got it from, right? <laughs> I mean, literally, they do their they do their work before they they had had they met her at that time yet or not yet? No, 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 no. Oh, they didn't meet you yet, so they got to know you a little bit through your little fake project, and then. <laughs> Yeah. Was it an easy? Was it an easy first uh, getting to know each other? Yeah, it actually was. Yes. Well, she they knew all about you by that point in time. It didn't matter, right? Oh Let's my be God. honest. They already knew. They already knew. Oh if yeah. We're, if we're being being really straight. When he announced that he was in love with someone else, they said, "Is it Stephanie?" <laughs> oh, 
That's so. so funny. So they knew. Oh my God, I love that. And your family the same, Stephanie, or was it a different story altogether? I I had I had been pretty open with my family throughout the course of this whole thing. Yeah. So they knew. So so let's go back to like the tips um, of the trade. Let's literally the tips of the trade. He said, she said, for those of us who can't really set up a show to intrigue the other person, which I do love the idea. It's definitely a way to communicate. Certainly you got to know about each other on a different level, certainly as a business people. So that makes, you know, clear that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, it's a cute story, but, but the, the key lesson from it is, you know, intense communication and spending time together. And I remembered what you had said at the top of the show that if you're talking about tools and tricks and tips and how to do this is putting each other first. Yes. Yeah. So I would love for you to talk about that. What I would say, uh, one of the things one, we mentioned at the top of the show that I was going through a really tricky time uh, around when we met, I was, Frustrated with my career, my marriage, first marriage was, was failing. And I was just in a bad place. And, and it's when I embraced what we all now call minimalism. And, and it was this focus on removing the clutter, both physical uh, but and mental clutter from your life. And what I, I kind of began to, to get into that and think about it. I needed this. It was a way for me to kind of get control back in my life. And, you know, yeah, it's one of those things where, sure, part of it is to get rid of physical crap out of the house. But where it really struck home for me was the real problem with our lives is the, is the mental clutter, the, the crap that's in our heads that, that, that don't enable us to really focus on what's really and truly important in your life, whether that's your work, uh, that's a hobby or a relationship. Yeah. And so that once once I fully embraced that idea of living, this simple living uh, and removing physical and, and mental clutter, and so you could focus on what was truly important, that's when I came out of my gloom and doom and was in a position where I could start the next phase of my life. And, and it was right when I was coming out of that and embracing what was ahead of me was when we met and I, I can't help but believe wow. that that's enabled me to actually see her and notice her and recognize there's a there's a future here so I, I would say you know the concepts of minimalism are in in removing all the clutter so that you can concentrate on what's right in front of you yes and, and, and I like that you said that you know I, I think that's really I mean, we all try to like um, if we get this then we'll be happy if we you know, you know, you know, buy and this, that, the other, and we'll be happy. And meanwhile, here you're saying, you know, that's the beautiful Mary Kondo, right? You know, what Mary Kondo, when she just basically clears everything out and then you can see what's in front of you, which is apparently what happened with the two of you, which I think is amazing. Um, now that you've been together for all this time, what are the best tools or practices that you have used um, to maintain a, a solid relationship that would help you guys manifest this dream journey that you have together? Well, and I've already mentioned this once. My firm belief has always been that once you get married, you put your spouse and your relationship first above all else. And what I, that, I'm I just curious. That's what we do. So what is that? What does that look like to you, Stephanie? Well, you know, we both have, other family members. We both have other things going on in our lives and we have, you know, in the past. And the, the first thing that ever comes to my mind 
whether it's someone invites us to go to dinner or, you know, hey, I'd love to go see this art exhibit or family wants us to do this or that. My first thought is always taught. And whether, you know, I know a lot about it now. So often I already know if that's going to be a yes or a no from his perspective. But if I'm not yeah. sure, I will go to him and consult with him before I give an answer. Wow. But, you know, you life is tricky, right? You have, you have, you, know, you mentioned earlier, there's peaks and valleys. There's a lot of valleys, right? And so the, what our, what our, tendency is as a human being is when you get in one of these, these valleys and you're struggling, you kind of focus on how do I survive this yeah. and what do I have to do and what do I need to do and what do I need to be to get through this? And we see it every day of people who they get into a, a bad situation and they're just laser focused on themselves, oblivious to the people around them. And so I, what I take from your lesson is, is that you, you got to go through and think about your spouse, your, your key partner, because you're, you're supposed to be doing this together. Yeah. And if you push them out of the way, that just causes resentment from the partner. And frankly, why are you trying to battle a problem alone? Why not partner with someone who knows you and loves you and trusts you and battle it together? You know, so. And we don't, we definitely don't always agree on things, but we always find a way to work through them together and to come to a compromise. I love that. That's, you know, that's, is, is there something special that you do when you weren't, you weren't like, if you have a struggle or like a, a disagreement that you would um, certainly, you know, okay, or timeouts, you know, timeout places, or I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I mean, there is something to be said for kind of having a little bit of your own space and thinking through and inevitably when that happens, if it's, something he's insisting on doing that I really don't want to do. We'll kind of both take a breather. And, you know, in a situation like that, normally I'll ultimately end up seeing, understanding why it's important to him. And even if I'm not super excited about it, like I'll come around. And I think he does the same for me. Well, you said something important there. I mean, we're both introverts. You might not believe it watching this video, but we're both introverts. And an introvert needs alone time, needs private time to recharge and, and to process and just kind of recalibrate themselves. And, and, you know, early on in our relationship, I wanted to spend every waking minute with her. I wanted our desks to be facing each other. And and, and that was fun out of the gate, right? Because you have the, the new love buzz, right? After you settle back into the routine of life, we, you, you, I, I need some I need some space. And, and so whether you're an introvert or extrovert or ambivert, whatever you are, uh, finding that space and, and resetting and recalibrating, I think is immeasurably important for any relationship. And that took us a good couple of years to kind of find that balance. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Uh, it did take us a while to do that. And it's not just your, your, your marriage. It, it, it's a business partnership. It's, it's, your children, it's, it's, it's neighbors. I mean, we all need, sometimes we need space to kind of let things kind of process out and, and I'm, re, I'm overusing the word, but recalibrate. I mean, so that's, that to me, that was a, that really changed our marriage when we figured that out. Uh, we know, we know people in their late seventies who still haven't figured that out. <laughs> and it's causing that it's causing them major stress. 
So that was an important lesson for us is kind of understanding how to uh, provide the other uh, time and space to, to kind of just gather themselves and kind of get through the struggle. That's amazing. I, I, I think that's a great point because I think that we all like, as we live, the whole idea was you grow and to recalibrate is a great word to use because you know, your, your desires, your dreams, your wishes, your everything, they change. And I love the idea that you were speaking to before is that, you know, you came from a minimalistic uh, mentality so that you're not really weighed down if you did want to recalibrate and move to a new town. And if you did want to, you know, start all over and start a new foundation. And, and I love the fact that we're going to share everything about your foundation on the Facebook feed afterwards. And, and where to, why don't you, um, why don't you, you know, because this is going to be a podcast too, why don't you um, give the foundation's website? So if people are interested in supporting, you know, I don't know if you know it off the top of your head now, but I would love to, I'll put it on the feed and I also want to include it in um, in the, the podcast so people will know where to go if they want to support um, literacy, certainly in Chicago or wherever it takes you. God knows this could be, you know, a ripple effect beyond your imagination and, and at least your contacts with other agencies and especially with Beam as well now that you guys are working to to get him up in mobile and his little wheels or his prosthetic, whichever comes first, hopefully the prosthetic, everyone is cheering him on. So yes, do you have the, um, the, sure. the website? Yeah, so the URL is um, schnickfoundation.org and it's S-C-H-N is in Nicholas, I-C-K schnickfoundation.org. And then from there, you can certainly, the main header is beam the puppy, but then there's a slider where you see our other projects too. Um, and then we can also provide you Meg with, with some more specific links if you want to share those. And, and the other thing I want to, if you guys want to follow um, Stephanie and Todd as well, they do post um, information with regard to the different projects and and um, things that you are supporting through the Schnick Foundation. Also, um, I know on Facebook and certainly other, um, I know Instagram as well. You're very um, participatory on that. Um, I, I wanted to make sure I said that before we end our hour because it's coming to the end. So I wanted to turn back around to the intentional part of the evening and then ask you both once again the intention for the conversation tonight. Um, that you can leave everyone who's going to be listening to this with. All right, so I'll, I'll start. So my intention is is through our work together with the foundation, it's the, it's the centerpiece of our life, is, is become that beacon, that inspiration, and inspire others to recognize the importance to their joy and, frankly, their mental health of giving and serving others. I love that. And you, Stephanie? My intention actually starts with my husband and my family. And first and foremost, building and strengthening our relationships and our lives. And then through that and through the foundation, empowering others to do the same. That's she amazing. wins. I'm sorry? She wins. She wins. <laughs> You know, it's certainly the beacon of light and empowerment do go hand in hand, which makes you definitely a couple that will probably stay together for an infinity, infinity, ad infinitum. Anyway, um, so I had asked you for your numbers because I read from the magical. Usually you guys read, but I'll be doing it since you guys don't have the book. But I wanted to, to speak to the whole idea of being a beacon of light 
and to empowering others through a strong foothold in your family, Stephanie. So I know oh, that Todd, you said 12. I know you said 12. Yes, yeah, 12. That's the year we met or we got married. Sorry. So the year, the year you got married, 12. So um, this is your insight that speaks to both your intentions. It's pay attention, your soul is calling. And it's a roomy quote. It says, sometimes you hear a voice through the door calling you. This turning toward what you deeply love saves you. And I think that's perfect for the two of you turning towards each other once you saw each other across the room and you gaze <laughs> at each other. That's, and that's energetic. quite perfect. That's amazing. This is what it's, this is the insight. Like a bolt of lightning, an event wakes you up and something in you comes alive. You are immediately overwhelmed with a zest and enthusiasm for life that feels like a rebirth. Your senses start to respond anew and a newfound energy is born the moment you believe in things that you never thought before were possible. Electricity permeates the air that you breathe as potential infuses each cell within. Start to pay attention to the magnitude of the moment as a sign that you are much closer to your calling. You acknowledge for the first time a journey filled with new possibility. Your soul no longer can be ignored as it triggers your mind and body into action. More opportunities to grow are introduced to you. More people show up to advise you and more good feelings infuse your growing spirit. When you honor this calling, your life just feels so right. Your sense of awareness is focused on a no longer being afraid to surrender to life as it unfolds. It is that moment when your soul calls to you to connect in love, when you recognize what is important and when life takes on meaning that saves you. This is so magical and exciting all at once. When the bolt of lightning hits, answer the call and turn toward what you love and it will save you. So figure out what you love most in this world. And it looks like you guys have each other. So that's one, that's definitely something to inspire all of us to put each other in a relationship first, prioritize well, make each other feel special, and then go out as a beacon of light and empowering others through your stronghold and family, which is beautiful. Perfect. So I do like to give you guys the last word. I want to make sure that everyone um, hears your beautiful, extraordinary voices at the end of each interview. So go for it, the two of you. Stephanie shared something with me a little while ago. She said, we are perfectly imperfect together. Mm -hmm. And that meant a lot to me because I'm not perfect. She's not perfect. Meg, sadly, you're not perfect. Oh, no. <laughs> but, we have to, but I think it's important to accept that. And once you do, then that removes so much burden off of your shoulders and frees you to actually then get into life and, and, and try to be perfect for each other. And so I loved it when she shared that with me because it was, it was, it was, it was exactly us. Uh, so uh, don't be afraid to be, uh, I spent most of my life trying to be perfect and that's an impossible thing to meet. I would be disappointed when Stephanie wasn't perfect. And that was, that was an unfair burden I was placing on her. And once we both realized that we were perfectly imperfect, then that everything kind of clicked and it made a lot of sense to us and it enables us to go forward uh, uh, in a very positive, joyous way. Amazing. And Stephanie? Well, since I'm the one that shared that concept in the beginning, I think we should end on that. <laughs> <laughs> our, our big hit of inspiration is allow each other perfect to be perfectly imperfect. And I love it. 
I want to thank the both of you tonight for joining me on this 28th episode of Manifesting with Meg. It's been a real pleasure talking to the both of you um, and, and sharing a lot of your celebratory joy in what's going on with your foundation. Certainly, I will be one of your biggest um, cheers and cheerleaders and supporters. And I love the idea of you know, um, helping the most uh, helpless of us. So I think that that's fantastic as well. Um, I, I definitely will point, I'll post everything on, on the Facebook feed. And once again, go to Schnick Org Foundation. I'm sorry, schnickfoundation.org, correct? correct? Okay, schnickfoundation.org and, and check it out and see what's happening with Beam. And hopefully you guys will post some videos when he's moving around and dancing around and, and I love to see the foster. I don't know if they're allowed to do the videos. Certainly the kids are too young maybe, but um, keep up with regard to the, you know, the whole movement that you have there about taking people out of isolation and connecting them with the world. Yeah, again. no, we'll, we'll, that, uh, that story is just beginning. So we'll share with that. Thank you, Meg, for sharing your platform uh, with us and, and allowing us to, to tell our story and, and uh, grateful for our uh, 34 years of friendship. I am grateful as well. Thank you. That meant a lot to me. Thank you. And, and that you share your beautiful wife with me as well. So I, I, it's a pleasure to talk with both of you. I, I want to thank you once again with an incredible opportunity. Um, I want to tell you all to once again, remember that we're here as deliberate creators of your life. Let your soul be guided by your dreams and let us all together raise the positive vibration on this planet so that we can all live our bliss. Um, certainly in service by being beacons of light and enjoying the perfect imperfections in this world and with each other. So enjoy your magic and miracles. Shine your beautiful light. Until next time, manifest the most beautiful light you can imagine. Let's, lo let's love ourselves exactly where we are today and reach out to others and continue to spread the love. So blessings and bliss. Thank you guys again. Have a wonderful evening. And we'll, till we meet again next month. Thank you. Okay.